What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca. I've missed you guys. I have been a little MIA from this platform. And when I say that, it's literally probably just been two weeks. But two weeks too many because I really have missed this. And we have such an amazing show today. I sat with my friend Chantel Matthews and... I mean, truly, Chantel is like the definition of an earth angel. She is as gorgeous on the inside as she is on the outside. She is such a badass warrior. She's been through so much and yet somehow has stayed incredibly hopeful throughout it all, completely turning her life around. Trigger warning. This episode, we talk a lot about mental health. We talk a lot about Chantel's um, struggles with mental health in her early 20s, her not really wanting to be um, on this plane anymore at times. So there is, there's definitely a lot of talk about suicide or feeling suicidal, feeling depressed. We talk about her diagnosis of chronic PTSD. Um, We both share a little bit about being the adult children of addicts. It's a, it's a beautiful episode. It's that all sounds really heavy, but I promise you, I think the way that we deliver it, it's, it's very honest and it's very real. Chantel keeps it 100 and it's really insightful. I think overall it's really insightful and hopefully it'll inspire people who who listen who might be struggling um, to get help and to reach out and to speak up because you're deserving of it. You're deserving of a beautiful life even if life hasn't treated you kindly thus far. Um, there's no reason why you can't shuffle your deck and and pull some new cards. So it's perfect timing. Um, it's May. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it just felt right. Um, we also talk about her music career. We talk about being women in our 30s on social media. We also talk more about terpene profiles and the entourage effect and pairing herbs and strains based on their terpene profiles. Chantel is a huge advocate for plant medicine and herbal blends and being a productive stoner. There's a lot. There's a lot that so I I will not take up any more of your time, my dears. I am so happy to be back. We have a catalog of episodes that are coming up that are super duper fun and different and just the coolest people. I am so grateful to everyone who is out there listening, to everyone who supports the show, to my former guests, my friends. Thank you for doing this, for, you know, just donating your time to the space. I I really appreciate it. Yeah, so without further ado, Miss Chantel Matthews. I told myself I could smoke this blunt. Yeah. 
the times I've been on the opposite side where someone's interviewing me, I'm just like, word vomit. Word vomit. What am I saying? Why did I say that? But luckily, in our case... It's chill. We know each other. We've worked (laughs) together. Um, So thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. I'm so stoked that you're stoked. Why don't we get into your first experience with cannabis? So I grew up back and forth between Colorado and Wyoming. And then the older I got, I spent more time in Colorado. It just was – Wyoming is really small. And I think when you're young, it's it's just not very fun. So (laughs) – My mom lived in Colorado. My dad lived in Wyoming. Like, I've pretty much lived in Denver and, like, every surrounding suburb. So my first experience with weed was when I was 15 um, at a house party and, you know, just smoking, (laughs) passing it around, smoking. And, of course, it didn't, like, really affect me very much. Plus, you're drinking at the same time, so you don't actually get to, like, feel just the marijuana. But so... I ended up getting a fucking, this is, I don't know if I should be telling the story. And can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I could be explicit. For whatever reason, I was like, I, I always knew that I would like weed or mm. was just curious about weed. And anyway, I had gone to a couple of these house parties, smoked weed. And eventually one of the guys there was like, if you kiss this girl, I'll give you an eighth of weed to take home with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm super straight, but whatever. But I'll fucking kiss a girl for a bag of weed. Heck yeah. So that was my first like experience with my own weed, like getting to take home some weed. I brought it home. It had seeds in it. (laughs) I had no clue what to do. Luckily, my sister was there and she was like, let me help you pick these seeds out. So that was my first, like, experience when I was younger, but then I didn't really start, like, smoking every day and really, like, enjoying cannabis and using it as medicine until I was in my 20s, and then that's when everything shifted. What a beautiful story. (laughs) I completely understand. Um, So you are in Colorado, you're in Denver, and you, if I'm not mistaken, eventually end up bud tending out there. I am dying to know about your experience there, the culture, and, and especially the differences and similarities between Denver and L.A. So I was, man, how many years ago was this now? I want to say this was like 12 or 13 years ago. Okay. Everything was medicinal only. And I was friends with a couple who opened their own organic dispensary. It was incredible. Like everything, you know, was just, we basically had two products. You had your different strains in the big glass jars and you just measured everything out, weighed Mm -hmm. everything out for patients. And then we had medicated baklava and that was it. That's like- that sounds so good. It was incredible. They really just did it right. The uh, The dispensary was called Grassroots and they- you know, had all organic strains and the waiting area was a an art gallery and they had organic coffee as well. We always got to play cool music. And then the patients that were coming in there, I mean, it totally, they totally changed my idea of what cannabis was and how it was used. Like I, before I worked there, I was obviously just like smoking for fun because I liked weed. Once I started working there and I'm getting to know these patients and I'm seeing children and their moms and people with terminal illnesses and, 
you know, chronic pain and really terrible things and how much they loved cannabis and how much cannabis was helping them. It just really, really opened my eyes and I would eventually end up like having my own psychological struggles and turning to cannabis and it totally saved my life. But I would have never known to use cannabis medicinally for myself had I not worked there and had that experience. And I mean, it was incredible. I have to admit that's probably the number one thing that I miss about bed tending is having that connection with the patients, having them come in, just having someone come in and be like, you've really helped me. Like you've enhanced the quality of my life, of my well-being. Like, thank you so much for what you do. Like it's, it really is incredibly touching. How would you compare the flower, the, the, or just like the products in general between our market and theirs. The difference in actual cannabis, I feel like ugh, everyone's going to hate me. <sighs> I had access to such fresh flower there mm. and it was a long time ago and everything's medicinal. So it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. And out here, it's like so much has changed. You can still find really, really good weed, mm -hmm. but it's so expensive. And maybe I'm like such a poor kid that like <laughs> price really like <laughs> maybe even like subliminally has an effect on me yeah. and like how how I perceive it. Yeah, yeah, and perceive my experience. But I, I feel like weed culture in Colorado is even different from out here. Mm. It's definitely like fancier out here or like hipper out here like when you think of Colorado stoners they're they really are like in tie-dye like patchouli you know and everybody smokes weed in Colorado too like I've so many people smoke weed so but yeah it's definitely crunchier in Colorado yeah. you, you have really great flour in both states though mm -hmm. you know you, you can't knock either one I had a wonderful time um, when I went to Boulder a few years ago. And I mean, talk about a beautiful state and city. The dispensaries themselves, I thought, were gorgeous. Every bud tender I interacted with was super knowledgeable. They were a little more like, uh, what's the word? Disciplined, maybe? Okay. You know, because like here, especially like if I'm going back, let's say four or five years, um, dispensary culture out here, it was definitely a little bit more loosey-goosey, right. whereas they were kind of like, well, we know the laws, we know the rules, like, don't tell me where you're going, like, I don't want to know, which is fine, because I, I get it, you know? So that was one major difference that I noticed as far as, like, how people approached it, mm -hmm. um, I guess more law-abiding over in Colorado <laughs> versus we are here in L.A. But I, d I do find the weed in L.A. to be slightly stronger. <laughs> D I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. It's honestly been so long since I was in Colorado, like in the dispensary. Mm. And like I said, that was before it was recreational there, before it was fully legalized. Right. So. We were very strict in the sense that, like, if you were coming in, you were in the waiting room waiting, like, mm -hmm. your paperwork had to be checked, everything had to be, you know, crossed off the list before you could even come in. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and it was very, very serious. And I believe the dispensary ended up getting closed down because they had changed the school zoning law. So they were too oh. close to a school. And that was after they had opened that oh. they came up, that they made that. So it's like, I think Colorado has just had more time to sort of go through all of these loops and mm. trial and error and you know, they just, they had to be really careful with that, with it. So they've had more time to like, you know, learn it and understand that you fucking have to take it serious. To learn it and then to be able to put it into practice. So that's really interesting as far as like them having to then move or, or just close entirely. Um, I, I know that's something that a lot of shops out here and cannabis companies go through. We were just having a conversation about how expensive it is. We were talking about this before we started recording, just how expensive it is to start a cannabis company in general. And not only that, to have cannabis companies continue to thrive. Like we've also been, I feel like in the game long enough and within the space long enough to have seen some really incredible companies go through this roller coaster in regard to branding and sales and things like that, management. When we were at the cafe together, how... <laughs> What was your, I guess, what was your idea of going in to the the Cannabis Cafe? And then what was your take on what it eventually evolved into very quickly? Going in, I wasn't sure what to expect because I had gone, I hadn't worked in a dispensary for like six or seven years, mm -hmm. um, I was bartending to support myself instead because there's just more money in that. As mm -hmm. much as I loved cannabis, I just, it didn't pay my bills enough. Um, and so I was bartending and I'm like, man, I'm really nervous because when I was working in a dispensary, it was, you know, you only had like 10 strains. There were no brands. Like it's right. just the strains in the jars and like I said, you we just had the one edible that was medicated baklava. So I'm like, was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to know all these companies and, you know, know everything about everything. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I mean, I do definitely miss the like patient vibe because mm -hmm. obviously now we don't even call people patients anymore. But at the cafe, we were getting in families and we were getting in people that loved cannabis or cannabis had changed their lives. Mm -hmm. So like Vietnam veterans would come in and just any veteran in general, yeah. um, older women, like, you know, you were getting everybody. So I still feel like we were able to have that connection with the customer, which I really, really loved. You know, you're getting to hang out with your table and their families or their friends or whatever. And you're getting to see them consume whatever you sold them. Mm -hmm. And so you can talk to them about it and you can, you know, get feedback and hear a little bit of their story. So that was really, really beautiful for me. And I'm really happy that I had that experience because I think it would have been totally different had I just worked at a dispensary. Yeah, it was really interesting to be able to sell something to someone and then watch them experience it, which isn't something that you do as a bud tender normally. No. So that was pretty fun to like see them just get higher and higher and higher throughout the duration of their like time with us. For better or for worse with that, because do you remember all the people that would pass out? Yeah. <laughs> so people that would be like, I can handle it. Like I smoke all the time. Even young people that looked like 
you know, they could handle it. That right. looked like they were very familiar with smoking. Just pass out in front of you. Just like hit the floor in front of you. So scary. And then I'd we had a lot of tourists come in yeah. too. So, you know, obviously you can always direct someone in the right direction, but cannabis still isn't for everybody, no matter how much you want it to be for you. Like you can still have a poor reaction to cannabis. And I remember this one couple that I had, the guy was like, I'm, I'm really nervous about having anxiety. Like, don't worry. I have anxiety too. Like, I'm going to make sure I get you the best like indica strain. I don't even remember what I gave him, but it was something super mild, like low THC. Like he's going to be fine. No, (laughs) he didn't pass out. Nothing happened. But like every five minutes he would pull me aside and he'd be like, I'm feeling funny. Like, I'm just like feeling high and like not being used to it, you know? And he, and, and I was just like, just, you know, take a couple hits, put it down, see how you feel. And every time he would do that, he would wave me over and be like, want to talk to me about it. I'm like, it's totally normal. You just got to relax. And like, and then I think they ended up leaving early because he still had anxiety and he was like, just not sure about it. As two anxious people, it does make me really sad to hear that because it, it's the opposite for us having now like done our research and trial and error and we know what we like um, and what will trigger us and what won't. You're a big fan of CBD, perhaps for that very reason as an anti-anxiety. We'll get into why you consume cannabis personally, but you do have some tips on how to properly incorporate CBD, especially if it's something that you want to mix with your THC products, if it's something that, you know, you're just dipping your toes into. How would you recommend that people start incorporating CBD into their lifestyle? Start right away. (laughs) Basically, however you like to consume cannabis, if, you know, you're someone who smokes regularly, it needs to be consumed in the same form that you're consuming your THC. So if you're vaping, make sure you get a vape that is preferably one-to-one, but you could do like a two-to-one or whatever. They have different ratios. I personally think that 50-50 is the best for me, um, but everybody has their own thing, their own experience. So for me, I love CBD flour. I love to smoke weed and it's not always easy to find CBD flour either. That's the thing. But basically now there are so many products too that you can get different ratios that you can get, Mm -hmm. but they're coming out with more and more products that do have CBD in it because they're starting to do more research about this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called the entourage effect. Basically the compounds from each plant are working together to give you more medicinal benefits from both plants. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you're someone who uses weed for a medicinal effect, you want to have CBD in there with it because Mm -hmm. it's just going to give you a fuller range of benefits. It's going to give you a better balance. It's so much better. There's really, really, really starting to research this now. It's really exciting If you Google the entourage effect, I think it would convince you to start adding CBD to your smoking routine. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I highly recommend it for anybody with anxiety, anybody that smokes for medical reasons, anybody that uses cannabis as medicine. Totally. And you also are a big fan of herbal blends. 
I've watched you <laughs> pair um, different herbs with your cannabis to smoke. And I love how you do it. I love that you encourage people to look into the terpene profiles of said flower or herb, and then try to also match that with the terpene profile of your cannabis and have that really beautiful entourage effect. Um, what we did that, we need to relight our blunts, by the way. Yes. Um, what, yeah, what are we smoking? Because we did a little mixture, right? We did. We are smoking orange cookies today and just mixed with some CBD. I love it. It's the only way that I smoke now. I never, unless I get like a pre-roll or something that was like given to me. And then even then, like I'm on the go and I'm going to smoke it, but I'll fucking cut that shit open now and throw in some CBD. Damn, CBD savage. Yeah, I just, I'm all of, I, I, weed to me is medicine. And if I can get better benefits from smoking, the CBD with it, why the fuck not? Like, right. that's my whole aim anyway, so. But what what did you ask me that I was supposed to be answering? <laughs> <laughs> what strange? I think you I just, no, you else. answered it. No, you answered it. You said the orange cookies is what we're smoking, um, which, let's say off the top of my head, I'm going to assume it's some kind of phenotype of a Girl Scout cookie. Maybe it's mixed with, like, an orange bud or orange juice. Uh, delicious, the CBD flower. I have felt pleasantly high, but not stoned throughout this, where I'm like clear headed enough to carry on this conversation. Yeah. But feeling super relaxed, which is always really nice. A little mood booster. I will say this to bud tenders, any bud tenders listening, you and not just saying to say it about every strain, but if you know a strain that's like genuinely euphoric and like a mood booster, I feel like just that term it's like, who doesn't want their mood elevated? They're going to pick that fucking flower. Everyone 100%. wants to feel good. 100%. Do you incorporate cannabis into your um, into your career as a musician and into that craft? Because yeah. you're phenomenal. Let's talk about your music and your dope-ass band. I have to answer, though, from you. Okay. Oh, do you? <laughs> talk about blends. I was like, what did she ask me? And then I remembered. Okay. Yes, there are... Um, terpenes <laughs> we're stone uh there are terpenes in herbs as well i'm obsessed with plants in general i um really struggled with mental health issues in my 20 and i have a really gnarly family history of um, mental health issues like very serious um i have family members that have been institutionalized and like really really heavy and have always like ever since i was a kid struggled myself So in my early 20s, it really, really got bad. And basically how I've been able to heal myself is through plants, Mm. not just cannabis, eating healthy herbs, things like wheatgrass, microgreens, that shit literally changes your life, you know, and helps with your, the chemicals in your brain and balancing that. Obviously, if you need to fucking be on medication still too, that's an option, but I don't want to be. And so I grow a lot of my own stuff. I grow a lot of my own herbs um, and then things like wheatgrass and microgreens and stuff like that. I can't wait until I can grow my own weed. That is a dream. And fucking (laughs) CBD. You know, I'm so excited. Definitely down the road. Um, But yeah, I just grow all my own stuff. And so plants have terpenes too. And you can literally look up the, you know, terpenes in your strain and say you like, you're a person who likes sage, for example, you can fucking Google the terpenes in sage, 
do these match well with my fucking strain that I want to smoke right now? Yeah. yeah fucking awesome. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know, um, but blends are such a great way to like enhance your experience because mm-hmm. you do, you're having all these different terpenes is beautiful. They pair nicely. It gives you a nice flavor, a nice mm-hmm. feel. And I believe you just had coal on too. And I'm not sure if she talked about blends, but no. So, um, I had only read about blends before I met her. And then we were talking at the cafe and she was the first person I knew that actually smoked blends because I think I was too scared for whatever reason. I'm like, I don't really know what it like. Can you fucking roll up basil and fucking smoke that shit? It's kind of like, yeah, you can read about it, but until you know someone and obviously Cole's amazing. So I would always talk to her at the cafe about health stuff. She was the first person I ever met who knew what Irish sea moss was mm. um, and who ate it themselves. And everybody I've ever met has been like terrified. Either they don't know what it is or they're terrified of it. So Cole right away was cool to me because she's like, oh, yeah, I fucking eat sea moss every day and all my shit. Yeah. And she made her own blends as well. And her blends are insane. I she just is the queen of that and the queen of herbs too she's all about health and healing and so she has even taught me about other herbs to add like mugwort blue lotus so she's the queen of that i mean i was just adding like basil and you know whatever what else sage lavender so she's really like a queen of that Yes, shout out to Cole. She is amazing. Um, I'm I'm so I'm so happy that she could come on the show and give us a few of her like heavy hitters as far as plants that we should be incorporating into our lifestyle. So shout out to Cole. And then for me, the first person that I saw was my cannabis mentor, Danny, who's a friend of the show and has been on it before. Shout out to Danny. At first I was kind of like yeah, like the same, like, is that safe? Like, should I be smoking sage? And then through her really getting to experience that and be like, oh, this is actually quite fabulous. Like, I'm still probably too lazy to do it myself. Although if you open up my stash box, you will find some kava kava, dried kava kava in there, um, which actually helps uh, aid sleep. So that's a nice little one that you could also incorporate into your nighttime um, smoke. But yeah, lavender, mugwort, she said, is like one of her top. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the other guy? I mean, you could do add roses or you could Absolutely. wrap it in a rose. You could do so much. It's endless. You know, you're already you already have to like experiment on yourself with cannabis. So it's like in different strains and trial and error, figuring out what you like. So why not throw in some herbs and rose petals and whatever and just see what happens? Bro, tonight? (laughs) No, tonight I'm rolling a blunt. I'm doing – I have a little Mendo OG. We're going to do something with that. And then fuck it. I'm going to add some sage. I'm going to add some of the kava kava. And I got some roses. Does it have to be dried rose? Preferably, I think. You can can wrap it in the rose petals. And then it it doesn't have to be. In in fact, it needs to be like damp or tacky in order to be able to do that. So – so inspiring. I hope that inspires other people to play around and to try different herbs and to experiment with different terpenes because that's really what's driving your effect. Now, on to my other question that I bombarded you with earlier. Music. How did you get into music? How did you know that you wanted to sing? I never knew I wanted to s- Well, I shouldn't say that. Okay, it's totally embarrassing and weird. <laughs> First off, I don't think I have a good singing voice. I 
I just love music. And I think that I definitely have more of like a Bob Dylan voice or whatever. Like not, I could never go on American Idol and do well at all. Um, but I loved music and I realized in listening to all my favorite music, like most of my favorite singers actually had terrible voices. They would never like, you know, make it big on a singing show, like how people do today. It's just cool music is fucking imperfection. And I think that's what really gave me the push to start singing and like want to start singing, even though I don't have a technically trained voice. But growing up as a kid, this is really funny. I thought I was going to be the next Mariah Carey or Whitney yes, Houston. Girl. And first off, I cannot sing that high, but I was walking around my neighborhood singing songs to all the animals, like really, really a nerd, love to sing. And um, I have this funny story of one day I set up all my stuffed animals around me and I had lights in my room that I could like spotlight on myself. I could move them. Cool. And my stepdad at the time walked past and heard me, saw me, and made so much fun of me. Everyone in my family was like, you are you can't sing. Like, what are you thinking? And obviously, like, one, I'm not Mariah Carey. <laughs> and that's the kind of music that I was trying to sing to. So I, for a long time, I didn't sing. I didn't think that I could sing. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I wanted to move out to LA to be in a band. I've always loved music. Yeah. My dad played music. My first memories of a kid are like playing music with him. I would sing for him while he played guitar mm. and I, you know, would listen to songs on the radio and be like, Oh, I wonder what that song's about. I wonder who that song's about. I wonder why they wrote that song. Like I was always just obsessed with music. And then in my teens, I really struggled with my home life. It was really bad. And music was like my escape more than TV, more than anything. I just would listen to music and go to shows. That was like my favorite thing to do. And I um, played guitar really poorly. And I was lucky enough to have a history teacher in high school who was trying to teach me. But I just had such a like gnarly, um, not stable family situation that it didn't let me like practice. Mm -hmm. And I was also working to support myself. So it was like I never had that like extra time to really um, give to music and pursuing that. But for whatever dumb reason, I'm like, I never want to have a nine to five job. Like yeah. I, I just knew I wasn't that person. So I'm like, I ended up going to school to college for history. And there was always just this bad thing in the back of my mind. It's like, you need to do music. Like I'm never going to be happy unless I fucking try this. Mm -hmm. And I have a really good friend. Her name is Jade, and she is an incredible musician. She's the queen of all metal music. Like, she could fucking school any dude on the fucking history of metal, Norwegian black metal. Like, she knows her shit. And she has an incredible ear for music. And she actually, um, I think I was like 22. We worked together at a job, which is how we met. And she ended up buying me a bass guitar. And she was like, look, I know you need to do music. Like you have such a good ear for music. I know you want to do music. I'm going to fucking teach you how to play bass. We're going to be in a band together. Yeah. You're just going to play whatever I show you. And that's how you're going to learn. And that's it. Aww. So she really like encouraged me to just fucking try. And so it was in Colorado. I think when did I move out here? When I was like 26 was when I moved. Still in school, like learning music, whatever. And I was like, I need to be in LA. Something just told me I have to move. I fucking have three classes before I graduate with my degree. 
And I fucking left. Like, what? I know. Because what am I going to do with a degree in history, though? That's the thing. <laughs> and I didn't get my teacher's license. So it's like, what am I really going to do? And I just had this like fucking urge in me more than anything. So my friend Jade had come came out to visit me after I moved here. And she is a really good singer. She's like fronted metal bands. She's got an amazing voice. And she basically like forced me to start singing. She was like, you can sing. I know you can sing. Just try. I love this girl. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. She's like one of the best people you'd ever meet. But um, and so cool. Honestly, I was like bugging out at first because I was like, oh, my God, like I know exactly what you're referring to as far as like having a love for this being a kid being like I'm gonna do this I'm a singer and then everyone in your family be like "Mm, no you're not and and like whatever I did like choir growing up so I was like "Mm, I think I can at least carry a tune like you know what I mean right but not having that support and that nurturing um it makes a difference in how I guess you approach it and how you feel about yourself, you know, obviously having that outside noise. And it's funny you mentioned your dad because like my dad was actually like one of the only people who I remember when I was younger, we both loved the movie Selena and I would sing the songs for him and I would sing them like in English and in Spanish. And he was the only person who was like you're good (laughs) you know it was just as you were saying it I was like oh my god yeah I totally know that feeling and it's like fuck you guys too because like I don't know I could be the the next Riri had I been you know pushed a little bit and and well that's a big stretch but like we just don't know because we just don't know so it's cool that you had someone in your corner to say, no, this is what you're going to do because this is what you love and you are good at it. And it's what I've always wanted to do. Like I would lay in bed at night and be like, man, in my dream life, I just wish I could be in a band. (laughs) So yeah, it's, um, that's a really special story though about your dad. I, you know, those are some of my favorite memories. So and who doesn't love Selena? (laughs) Absolutely. Back to your story and music. So Jade encouraged me to sing and I'm like, okay, let me fucking write my first song, whatever. I did, but I needed help with it. And I was working at the Standard Hotel downtown at the time and shout out to everybody I worked with there. They were amazing too. So there was a DJ friend that I was living in Long Beach at the time and he happened to live really close to me. He was really, really good at music. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the band that he used to play in, but like a cool band back in the day, like from Michigan, knew his shit about music. And anyway, I'm like, do you think you could help me work on this song a little bit? He's like, sure. So I show him the song and he's like, this is good. Like we start just jamming and he helps get me a little bit better at music. And his brother actually had a recording studio. So he's like, let's record the song that you wrote. So I'm like, okay, cool. How cool. Right. So I'm all excited. I record it. I get it back. I don't like it. I'm like, immediately, I'm like, oh my God, I can't sing. This is so embarrassing. What am I doing? So leave it at that, right? And because we work at the hotel and my friend Hobie's the DJ there, unbeknownst to me, he starts... Should we stop because of the siren? I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I might keep it for authenticity. It's just ridiculous the amount of sirens. I know. That I it's hear. LA. Yeah. Yeah, it's every, our neighborhood too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I get the song back. I'm embarrassed. I'm never going to show it to anybody. I'm like, I cannot sing. And 
like not even giving myself enough credit. Like that's your first song. You're obviously going to grow. Like right, you're not going right. to be fucking super awesome on the first song you record. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, unbeknownst to me, Hobie starts playing it at the hotel. Oh. So he had, he was um, DJing at like the mid level of the hotel and I was working up at the roof. And so I had no idea he had been playing it like, in a bar where there's people, <laughs> where my coworkers are. Yeah. And I started to have my coworkers, different coworkers come up to me and be like, oh my God, I heard your song. I really like it. I really like your voice. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, and then I find out that Hobie had been playing it. And so that was really sweet because that obviously like really encouraged me to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually just, you know, started getting in bands and, your first band obviously probably doesn't work out either. So I had a, I've had a couple hiccups with my experience out here in that. Um, but the band that I'm in now, there I feel like I got so lucky. Like we always talk about how well we work together, and we all get along really well together. So we're all really productive in the band. So it's just really nice. Like everybody brings something to the table. I'm like the least talented in the band. (laughs) I just fucking write the songs sometimes and the lyrics. Um, We all write though, which is really nice. So like we're all bringing songs to the table and it's just been so much fun. I, even the fact that like, I'm just doing this and I'm not making any money from it yet. Mm -hmm it's a dream come true. The fact that I'm in a band with two really good musicians, like they could be seriously banking and should be, they're like studio level musicians and they want to work with me and they're like happy to be in a band with me. That's just like, you know, makes me so happy. So that's all. (laughs) No, I feel that I can, I can totally appreciate just, um, loving, what you're doing and and not making any money off of it case in point right now um but but just enjoying the moment having an idea of a big picture having goals and and you guys I know just got signed to like a licensing company which is amazing first of all the name wind river revival wind river revival so what is the music like where did that come from? Were you guys high when you made it up? And do you <laughs> and do you smoke to write songs to for songwriting? I'm gonna think of this in the order. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna try to think challenge. of this in order. Okay, so the name Wind River Revival it comes from the area in Wyoming that I'm from, actually. Oh, okay. So all of my like happiest memories took place in Wyoming. My grandparents had a horse ranch. Oh. Like I just had a really special connection to my dad when he was younger, and I loved Wyoming. I'm so thankful that that's where I come from and where I got to grow up. Basically, the name is in honor of those memories but then the revival comes from the fact that like for so many years of my life I really really struggled with even like wanting to be alive Mm. and you know since doing music I've totally come well and getting myself healthy too like Mm -hmm. that's my like number one priority in life but then um, getting to do music on top of that has been the first thing and starting to have even people want to be in a band with me Mm. has been the first thing to really like get me back to that level of happiness that I experienced then because for so long there I just like everything's been a struggle especially you don't come from money like I have addict parents or did rather and it's a struggle to fucking 
be on your own and support yourself and then move to LA to try to fucking be in a band and that's a struggle so it takes balls for sure 100% I did not realize that we were both the adult children of uh, addicts in my case alcoholic I don't know in your case we don't have to get into that and we don't really have to get into any like mental health talk if you're not comfortable with it okay great because I, I think the conversation is incredibly important. We just are now getting like comfortable with it and gaining access to this type of information. If there's anything that you want to pitch in to maybe someone who might be listening who is suicidal, please. Yeah. I love talking about the subject. I'm an open book with the subject because I wish that as a kid, I would have heard someone I liked talk about this subject. Um, And I think even with music, that's why I related so much to music was because I'm like, oh, I'm hearing other people are struggling with stuff too. I'm not alone in that. Um, First off, if you are suicidal, like get help. It gets better. Reach out to anyone who loves you. I promise, I promise, I promise it gets better. You do have to work at it. It's like, you know, you have to put effort in and it's it's not just, you can't just like smoke cannabis and think you're going to feel better, for example. You have to exercise. And it, it's so like cliche. I fucking hate exercise. But seriously, like 10 to 30 minutes of like do high knees around your house or just clean or like do something that gets your blood flowing. Eat healthy all of those things combined, you can fucking get yourself to a good place. And if you need extra help, if you need medication, that's fine too. But we got to start talking about this. Like reach out to people that love you. If you want to find me on social media, like I will talk to you. I just never want anyone to feel like alone in that. I, you know, kids are literally killing themselves and it, they shouldn't be. And it's a lot of times their home life is horrible. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it's not even that. It's like kids at school. And it's like, yeah. you know, we just need a better support system for people as a society, as a whole, because it affects so many people and we just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is upsetting to me. And especially if you don't have a supportive environment where yeah. your parents like maybe are too distracted with their own addictions, mm-hmm. um, they don't even realize what's going on. And it's like, you know... If you're lucky, maybe a teacher or something will notice, but I didn't have any of that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, okay. I was supposed to talk about something else no, too. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, I think that was all really, really wonderful. Like reach out if you're feeling, um, if you're struggling and you're feeling suicidal or just if you're feeling depressed or down yeah. or, you know, or sad, like, uh, take, take that step, even if it's a baby step, because it does get better piggybacking off of like yes if you don't have the structure in your home like I want to say I was probably like 17 and it was the summer where I was staying with my dad we were on the Lower East Side and he was just kind of starting this addictive behavior and I had a full-blown eating disorder you know like right underneath his nose and frankly I did too under my mom's nose in her case she was busy with two toddlers so it's like I sometimes your parents aren't going to be that person in my case it was one of my best guy friends was staying with us we were summering in New York together and my dad had gotten us jobs at like one of the hotels that he used to run and so we were doing that and He was the one who actually, like, noticed my behavior Mm -hmm. and finally said something. I'm so grateful. Uh, So, yeah. So, if you have, like, any any inclination that maybe you need a space where – a safe space where you can talk about your feelings, like, 
therapy. There are places, even here in a city like LA, that's so expensive. Like there are places that do sliding scales for payments. So just look into it. Back to the show. Back to <laughs> we, back to weed now. Weed's so high. So I, like, I know. I well, I want to know if you use cannabis in your music and songwriting. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I hear music differently when I smoke cannabis. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's so much more full, and I don't know. You just you hear it so much clearer. So I write my best music when I'm smoking and if we're at the rehearsal space or in the studio and I'm like not having the best day, seriously, my band members are like, can you go smoke weed, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you high enough for this? Yeah. Um, just because it really gets me in the zone and I definitely am an overthinker. Mm-hmm. Um, to get back to the um, question about do we all write high? So Jessica, our drummer, is sober. I just want to put that out there. We're very <laughs> respectful of that. I try to even smoke my weed in the other room. Um, but yes, Matt and I definitely, you know, better living through chemistry. Me, just cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it definitely makes songwriting so much, I guess, easier. I know that, you know, I'm just too much in my mind, in my own mind to like, and maybe it's like a little bit of ADD too or whatever, but Mm -hmm. cannabis like focuses me, zones me in. It gives me that little bit of extra confidence that I need. So I use it all the time. (laughs) Also, you do, you work through Beta Wave TV and you have um, a show that's called My Higher Self, correct? And I love that it usually either starts with you smoking before we even get into whatever it is or like there are little breaks in between uh, whatever it is that you're doing in the moment in the kitchen, which it's just fabulous. There are these little cute little smoke breaks and I'm like, she's so cute. And I love that you guys just keep it in there. We are like, okay, but before we get to step three, like I'm about to dab. I'm like, okay, go for it. So shout out to Beta Wave Studios too. They are where our band, it's the studio that our band records at. But what happened was they were like, you know, let we want to start doing more health stuff. Um, and they lo- they are big cannabis supporters as well, the studio. And they know that I'm into all this health stuff. And so they were like, we want to give you an episode. We'll film it for you. And let's just try this, like smoke weed and let's talk about some health thing that you're into. So they ended up loving it and they were so nice to give me a whole season of it. And it's basically just the things that I do for my own mental health um, that are really easy to incorporate in your own life. And then I do them, I show you how to do them while I'm smoking weed. Because like I was saying earlier, when you're tackling mental health issues, you can't just rely on one thing to sort of thank you. These are so cute. Right. So sorry to interrupt. I passed her a baby cheater. (laughs) (laughs) So with mental health, you can't just rely on one thing to make you better. You really have to put effort in. It's all these things. It's, you know, hobbies that you enjoy doing. It's, you know, if you can use herbs and cannabis, it's that stuff too. Growing your own stuff, whatever you can do to how do I say this? It's everything. You have to do everything. It's mind, body, soul. It's exercising. It's all of it. Even fucking smoke weed before you exercise. Like if you've never done that, that shit is so much fun. Like I hate working out. Um, I'm totally like getting sidetracked with this, but. I love to hear you say that though. 
I mean, I use cannabis to make those things more fun because yeah. at the end of the day, all that shit is work. Like it mm-hmm. takes effort. Mm-hmm. It takes time. And it's not always fun. And so that's why if you can smoke before you do all that stuff, put on some good music, you're like, oh, okay. Like, this isn't bad at all. I'm a totally, like, productive stoner. That's why I use cannabis. I need it to be more productive. Mm -hmm. I'm happy about being productive when I smoke it. It, I'm kind of a grumpy person by nature. And so when I smoke, it literally takes the grumpiness away. And I'm like, oh, I don't hate working out so much. Like, this feels pretty good. I don't hate cleaning. Like, this is pretty good. I love fucking growing plants. Oh, my God. I'm smoking plants at the same time. Like, this is fun. (laughs) I love it. It just makes you enjoy everything. It really, really does. I'm definitely the girl that needs to, like, smoke or eat an edible before I go to my Pilates class. R.I.P. R.I.P. Pilates class. (laughs) God only knows when I'll do that again. And then, of course, I'll be the girl also in class being like, does anyone else's butt cramp? Are we all good? But it does. It just makes it more, more pleasant. But you had said something that I did want to piggyback on, but this jeeters shit. I smoking too much. We're smoking so much. Literally, my mind just went blank. It's fine. It'll come back to me. It it, oh, did it? Did it just? Oh, as far as like what? Yes. Okay. So as far as like just doing what works for you and your mental health. Like, I agree. I hate working out. It's not for me. I never want to go beast mode. I can be a little bit lethargic. I like to be horizontal. I love television. But it is obviously really, really great to do and to get up and to move around. And so for me, what is fine for now and potentially could progress into something different because that's also a thing like you evolve and the way you take care of yourself evolves. So right now I've incorporated stretching in the morning. I smoke, I listen to music, and then also just movement like dance. You don't have to be a good dancer because I do believe in like emotional trauma getting locked up in our bodies do you believe in that do you yeah absolutely yeah I mean I've literally had to exercise it out of myself and I don't mean like physical exercise I mean doing all of these things to remove it because like a a pill isn't going to take those experiences away you made a really good point though about like do whatever you do that feels good for your body and start slow and be kind to yourself if you're someone who hates exercising and you've never exercised like you do five minutes a day of whatever around dancing around your house. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like reward yourself for that because, and you'll start to feel better. Mm -hmm. It's literally starting small, adding one thing at a time. Like if you just start stretching every morning, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And so I do feel like that energy gets trapped in you. It needs to be exercised out through all these different ways. Mm -hmm. It's really important to heal yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. You can go to a therapist and talk at somebody all you want or take a medication. You know, you still are going to have to put the work in in other ways. And like you were saying, and what you consume, what you put into your body, not only like the food, but also, well, this is going to be a a joke to the people that know me, but like (laughs) the, the entertainment that you intake, like the, what you watch on TV, the books that you read, what, who the fuck you follow on social media can play such a huge part in your mental health. Oh, I totally wanted to talk to you about that because you have uh, a, 
you have an ample following on Instagram. And recently when we were communicating, we were talking to schedule this, you were like, yeah, just text me. I'm not really on it as much. It's just better this way, basically. And you're one of several people that I've seen recently with similar followings and a similar platform to say the same thing and be like, no, I'm okay. Like I need to take breaks. One girl started over completely. And I know for myself and like maybe some people listening, we're just like, oh, if I only had X, Y, and Z or like X amount of followers, you know, this project or whatever it is that I'm creating would reach so many more people. Uh, thus I will be successful, yada, 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 this idea that we create. So I just wonder if there's anything that you want to touch upon as far as, yeah, like just, yeah, just that. Yeah. So I'm always going to prioritize my mental health and social media for me as a woman in my thirties is not always the most positive place, even though I follow the right people and yeah. set it up in a way that it should be. Mm. It can, it's still weird. And yeah. you and all of these people have access to you. And, you know, the things that they post or even comments that you're seeing on posts of people that you like that are negative. You're like, damn, like why this person's awesome. Like why would somebody just come out and say something like that? Like that's not cool either. This year has been my whole life has been an emotional experience, um, but especially this year, uh, this year has sort of given me the time to like sit with all of my experiences, even though I've worked them out. I have had a lot of loss in my life and uh, a lot of like my favorite people and the people that have been the most empathetic to me in this life I've lost and it's life, yeah. you know, it's in, in a short amount of time and because I've been on my own, it's always like you have to deal with it and just keep going, you know, as sad as it, as it is, you have to keep working because you can't afford to take the time off of work. You have to push forward. And because of everything I've gone through in my life, I am a strong person at this point. I've come out the other side. So it's like, okay, I can handle this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and you handle it to the best of your ability at the time and knowing like, I know this shit's going to fucking hit me later. Yeah. You know, so anyway, this year has really, especially with everything that's like happening socially, racially, it's and everybody dying too. like, mm -hmm. I know so many people that have lost people to COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that me watching my friends lose people and my friends go through really horrible things mm -hmm. um, by seeing what's happening on TV and to people that look like them. Mm -hmm. It just really, really hit me. And I think that why it hit me so much was because I, I, especially with losing people, have had those same losses. And now my friends are going through that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't want them to like feel how terrible I felt. And it's hard. Like it's losing those, some of those people, like people's fathers and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the hardest things that you'll go through in your life. Yeah. And so watching my friends now have this experience just really hit me and sort of forced me to realize that like, man, maybe you haven't dealt with all of your emotions yet from this. Mm -hmm. And um, so seeing everything on social media, and I think especially seeing people be terrible to each other, or even like, you know, mean to me for no reason or whatever, mm -hmm. it just, um, just made me be like, man, this is not a good space right now, especially mm -hmm. this year has just been so heavy. And so I, you know, I, I need it for music and um, I love the connection that I have with people on there. I love the connection that I have 
you know, with people I used to work with yeah. and people in the cannabis community who are supportive of me. Um, so I, it's not something that I want to walk away from, but sometimes you just have to shut it off and step away from it because those little things, those like little stab wounds that mm-hmm. happen on there, even just when it comes mm-hmm. to like being a woman on social media, mm-hmm. um, or being a woman with social media, it's like so unrealistic, these like standards of beauty and it doesn't always make you feel great. Even for someone like me, I like, oh man, it, it doesn't feel good at all. Like it's so weird. Um, and so anyway, I just really wanted to prioritize my mental health this year because I knew I needed to. And I've worked so hard at getting myself to a point where like, I'm not sad anymore. And I never, ever want to go back to being as sad as I was like I, and I refuse. And so that's why it was like easy for me to shut it off, you know? Um, And I know that's not for everyone, and especially this year when, like, we're missing out on those connections. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really important to sit down with yourself and have that conversation, like, is this making me feel good? Yes or no? Am I connecting with the people that I actually want to connect with? Yes or no? Should I connect with them maybe offline instead? Mm -hmm. Because that is, like, a much better thing to do. And you don't even have to get off, but who are you following, you know? Like, really assess if it's a positive or negative thing in your life. And if it's a negative, like, why are you adding that extra negative to your life? Like, what benefit is it giving you? You know, I don't make money from my social media. So it's like, I'm not fucking missing out on anything. When you were talking about people going through tragedies that you've already been through and how that can be triggersome. That's a word, right? Triggersome? Yeah. Yeah. I had a recent experience where I was with a friend and he was... He was basically explaining to me, like, how unhappy he was is really what it felt like. And, and like, not not knowing, I guess, if he would ever be happy. And it brought me back to my younger self as far as, like, not being happy and always feeling like, okay, well, you'll be happy when you weigh this amount. Or you'll be happy when your body looks like this or whatever it is. And where am I going? Fuck. It's fucking high. (laughs) But through the conversation with him and just being able to be like, listen, like promise me you'll never do anything to yourself. Like if anything, you'll reach out. Um, It did make me sit with those emotions. Like you said, we were like, maybe I haven't really completely healed this wound. um, And there's more work to be done. And I was sitting right where you're sitting, maybe like a week ago, I was smoking. And I just had a full breakdown, but like beautiful breakthrough. Right. Where I was just like holding my body like, I love you. I'm so sorry. Like, what the fuck? And my body dysmorphia has been a lot better since honestly I moved to LA, which sounds really weird. <laughs> like I feel like most people are like, that doesn't make sense. I think I got here and it was just like, oh, I'm so not that, that I'm just going to be me and like fully authentically like love myself for who I am. And that is possible is what's the, the point of this entire story is like, you you can get there and even when you do get there you're gonna have days where you don't feel like you're there and you're gonna have to like revisit that and work through that yeah it is it's it's a wild journey life and like everything that comes from it and like everything that you do learn from your struggles um I guess just what would you say 
I know cannabis has helped you in so many ways. Just to break it down, how what would you say? Like how, how exactly how, has it helped me? Yeah. Like uh, I can kind of give you the backstory. So in my 20s, I was, I think, you know, everything had sort of culminated into this, like, I was fucked. My parents were both in the, like, depths of their addiction to meth, of all things. Both my dad in Wyoming and I, I don't know if I should be even saying this, but, and my mom, because she's still alive, um, and my mom in Colorado, and my stepdad at the time, and all three of them all three of them yeah Yeah. that is the devil so it really is it's you know there are a handful of drugs that i would never touch and that's one of them for obvious reasons can you just list off the others for people (laughs) because that i would never touch yeah heroin because i know i have like an addiction runs in my family clearly so heroin meth um anything like super hard but i'm all about psychedelics um cannabis anything natural like fuck yeah like explore yourself Mm -hmm. that i think it makes the world a better place if you're fucking making your own meth i'm not gonna support it but like (laughs) that's better than fucking you don't even know what you're getting like it's so crazy it's literally fucking chemicals like and unfortunately that's how i lost my dad Mm -hmm. so you know it teaches you a lot um but in my 20s I, everything just culminated and I was losing it. And I had been working with a psychiatrist and a therapist and sort of nothing was getting better on this like cocktail of pills, antipsychotics, antidepressants, everything. And it was horrible. It felt like it was making everything worse. And at the end of the day, I ended up getting um, diagnosed with chronic PTSD And that's just, it just came from my life and my experiences growing up. Like there wasn't one traumatic situation. It was just the instability. We were getting evicted from houses all the time, like having, you know, our power and electricity and no food, that sort of thing. So it was like survival mode. Um, And especially we, we, I grew up mostly poor, but for a minute, my stepdad was doing some shady shit. And so we were living in a really fancy neighborhood. And it was really hard for me because I would go home to this big ass house that was like empty and with no food. And I was having to go to my friend's houses to eat. It was really hard for me because everyone, all my friends were really wealthy and like they they had stable family lives. And so I had a lot of like jealousy issues and I was lucky enough that I had like good friends I could lean on. Um, but anyway, so all of these experiences sort of added up and plus the fact that I'd basically like been neglected. So I'm on all these medications, I'm trying to go to school and I'm literally just sabotaging my life and I don't want to live. Like that was where I was at. Cause I was like, fuck my, my parents don't care about me. Like nobody cares. I don't have anybody. I felt so lonely and just was losing my mind. So that was, it was then that I really, really, really started using cannabis as medicine and basically I had figured out that there was one pill I could take, one medication I could stay on, plus smoke cannabis. And it was like night and day. Like, yeah. but cannabis, smoking cannabis was the thing that made me realize, like, because so much of the time I was focused on like how sad my life was and whatever. Mm-hmm. I hadn't learned to like not just focus on that yet. But cannabis was the thing that made me realize like, oh my God, the rain is beautiful. Like <laughs> the trees are beautiful. Like life is beautiful. Like. Yeah. 
there are other things to life than like this, all this negative shit I've been bombarded with. And it just like slows you down and makes you appreciate um, just sort of everything. And, and also, like I said, it gives me the motivation to want to work out, to like want to do the healthy things that take time because that shit takes time. And so now I'm not on any medication. I just smoke cannabis. I just mix it with my CBD in there. It's literally, it makes me so happy. Obviously, I've done all these other things, but cannabis really was the first thing that like got my mind, that shifted my mind and shifted my mentality and made me be more present and appreciate and appreciate the good things. Yeah. Oh my God, 100%. Like, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. I mean, they say gratitude is the attitude for a reason. It really does. When you have that shift in perspective and you're able to just look at everything without judgment and just kind of sit there and enjoy it for what it is, the beauty of it, the beauty of the present moment you release so much stress and worry of these imaginary situations that haven't happened or you're you can move past what is in the past and like not remain in that space and and it's so um it just speaks volumes of who you are as a person and your warrior spirit to be like so beautiful and just radiate so much light having been through everything that you have And it really is, it's just two sides of the same coin, you know? With that being said, I would love to move into our next segment, okay? It's called The Re-Up. It's going to be rapid fire questions, okay? okay? You ready? And yeah, let's go. What's your favorite uh, word for cannabis? Cannabis or weed. What's your favorite stoner movie of all time? This is going to be the least popular answer you're ever going to get on this one. I am not a stoner movie fan. I know. <laughs> I, I'm i just not that kind of stoner. Like, I don't relate okay. to weed in that way. Um, uh, okay. So okay. I – and plus, I don't really like – this sounds terrible. I sound like a terrible person. I don't really love, like, stupid comedies. Um, I'm totally, like, if you get me high, I want to watch a documentary. Like, okay. I want to fucking learn about history. Like, my favorite thing to do – more than a movie was when I was in college studying yeah. history. That was my major. Fucking smoked so much in my car before <laughs> and go in and I would sit in the very front desk like, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> I want to learn. So that's okay. why I like, I kind of get anxiety if I'm sitting there. Um, I have my ADDs too bad to like, if I'm not 100% into something, yeah. I can't pay attention. But I love Wayne's World. <laughs> it's oh. not a stoner movie, but... Wayne's World is definitely a stoner movie, I would say. I mean, the humor and like, yeah, maybe they don't smoke, but no, I'll it's it's there in spirit, so I will allow it. What is you? You're welcome. What is your favorite music or artist to listen to when you're stoned? Any music, well, that I like. I don't like music, but um, fucking stoner metal, like heavy rock and roll. That is my. That is like the sexiest, like coolest. Obviously, Black Sabbath, but there are, like, some modern-day stoner metal bands that I love. Um, Explain stoner metal to me, please. It's basically, like, on the border of rock and roll and metal. Like, it's, like, the slowest metal you can get without – with still being metal, while still being metal. Very blues-based, like, very cool. Um, Like I said, it's, like, sexy music. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I gotta check it out. I'll send you some good things. Yes, please. The dopest smoke session you've had so far. 
I don't know if there's one in particular that stands out. I'm also high, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is a good one. Maybe not to everybody, but I love old people. So at the cafe, I got a table of like 60, there's three of them, and they're like 60 plus. They were on their way to a play. <laughs> and they were so cute. They brought in their own free rolls, and then they also ordered a couple of eights. Anyway, so they rolled, they had me roll it for them, which I was so happy to do. But then they sat me down and they're like, please smoke with us. Like, we had so much fun with you. Aww. We think you're so great. So that was definitely one of my experiences. And then I also had a neighbor back in the day. He's since passed away, unfortunately, but he became my best fucking friend and we would smoke weed together all the time. For my 30th birthday, I did nothing except I like was really sad. Mm -hmm. And I sat in my apartment and worked on music because I'm like, fuck, I'm turning 30. I'm not where I want to be in my life yet. Mm -hmm. And so my friend Willie knocked on my door, which he was really old. He shouldn't have been going up my stairs anyway. Aww. He gave me a nug of weed and a fucking $20 bill, and he was poor too, so like that's a big deal. Anyway, so anytime I smoked with him, he was literally the sweetest, um, so those are my favorites. Yeah, I love old people. <laughs> that's so cute. I do have a really good friend that's 89 years old, mm -hmm. and we do smoke together. He's been writing, well, he's been on his computer typing basically like his autobiography, Aww. so I introduced him to like Google Docs, and I edit it on my end, because... Well, A, I didn't really, like, want to visit him much, but he's so funny. He just doesn't care. He's like, you're going to be with me till the day I die. Yeah. I'm like, but no, like, I could literally kill you. And he's like, I want it to be you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a psycho. So that sometimes... My friend yeah. They're so funny. <laughs> old, our old buddies, man. Um, okay. So you've been great. I want people to know where to follow all your amazing projects. So now we're going to do, it's time to call your plug. It's basically, this is your moment to, if you want people to follow you on Instagram, it's up to you. There's no pressure whatsoever. Or just look into the band, whatever you're comfortable with. Plug yourself. Thank you so much. Um, I love how the rapid fire turned into the non-rapid fire. <laughs> we just started having a whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you. On um, You can follow my band. We're on Instagram, Wind River Revival. And my personal Instagram is with Standing Vice. Um, the band has a website, windriverrevival.com. I think... I'm like 90% sure it might be Wind River Revival Band. Maybe I should look on my phone. Okay. One of those. Yeah. Um, if you want to see any of the episodes of My Higher Self, you can watch them on Beta Wave's YouTube channel. It's just, um, their username is just Beta Wave. And they have all of the episodes up. And I've slowly been posting them. Um, they've already aired. The whole season aired. But I'm posting them on my Instagram as well, too. Nice. So... Yeah, so if you guys want to get into learning more about herbs and how to grow it yourself, you have a bunch of different tips. Um, and what kind of music does your band play? It's definitely rock and roll. We kind of don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like very <laughs> rock and roll, but I have like a natural country twang to my voice. So Ooh. it's not country though, but then my style of writing is kind of country. Yeah. Um, so if you could imagine like the blending of like a blues rock and roll, like with a touch of country. <laughs> <laughs>
I fucking love it. Guys, you might be, I mean, you might be on the cusp of an entirely new genre. So <laughs> definitely check them out. Thank you so much again for being here. Any any last words to our, our stoner babies out there? Thank you so much for having me. And if you struggle from mental health at all, reach out. Find your friends who know what you're going through, who are empathetic to you. Reach out to them. If you don't have someone like that, there are so many numbers you can call, but I promise you it gets better. That's the most important thing that I think, you know, people should take away from this episode is it gets better. Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling, you're not alone. Beautifully said. We love you guys. And always just smoke a little weed if it gets to be too much. That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies. Mm-hmm.